Achieving success, being healthy and wealthy, and lifelong happiness is anyone's ultimate dream. In the grand scheme of things, self-doubt limits you from achieving great things. The path towards the zenith of success and controlling your life is at your hands. This is the Unlimited Influence. Reprogram your subconscious mind with Dr. David Snyder. One of the things we're going to be transitioning into is this idea of how do we consciously control our emotional states, right? Everything we've been doing, we've been managing through that we make a decision about what state we want to go into. We hit that posture, we wait for it to engage, and then we take the next step, okay? Everything you're going to do from this point on, once you're out of the state control module, presupposes this. In other words, you do not do any single exercise that I teach you once we finish state control without doing your body and then your mind. In other words, get your states harmonized and then do the drill. Because if you don't wire it in at the beginning, it's going to be 10 times harder wiring it in on the back end. But if you get used to doing it right off the bat, it's only one more thing. And you get really, really good at the stuff you learn early on. Right? So what we're going to talk about now is volitional state control. How do we consciously take charge of our states. So in identity by design, we have this concept we call the holographic nervous system. Attached to that is a concept we call the proprioceptive grid. Right? I don't, I'll pull up a picture probably tomorrow. We're, we're coming into the home stretch. So we, I can mostly do question and answer and maybe a, a, few, a little bit more lecture. We don't really have time to do drill and, and get where we want to go. So we'll pick up first thing tomorrow and go deep into this. But around, you all became aware. How many of you, when you went into Hakalau, became aware of the room? You could feel, you could literally feel the room, right? Like Trevin even said, I felt compressed when I did that. Why? Because your body interprets the contours of the room as pressure. How many of you have ever driven a car? Right? How many of you have ever had the experience you're driving a car, you look in your mirror, you look in your mirror, you look in your mirror, you don't see anything, but you know someone's there. You can feel the pressure, like there's something there, an object's there, and you look, and all of a sudden, boom, there they are, right? What the fuck just happened there? In that moment, your nervous system lost, the, it, it, you're arbitrarily, because it was, you were driving and your safety was involved, your unconscious mind made a decision. It took your field of proprioceptive spatial awareness and extended it to include the car. Ladies, you've all had the experience of being in a club somewhere and somebody with less than savory intentions fixes their gaze upon you. Right? How does, that, how do you, how does it feel at first? You feel a pressure and then an icky feeling. Right? What's going on? Intention is pressure that is interpreted by your proprioceptive nervous system and your mirror neurons, and your nervous system communicates it to you in the only language it understands or knows, sensation. Okay? Everything is mediated through your proprioceptive neurology. Now, your proprioception interacts with the cardiac nervous system, it interacts with your mirror neurons, it creates a field of awareness around you that both acts like a sensing mechanism, a membrane, if you will, and it also serves as a filing system 
for your, your data, your information. That's why people, when they talk, move their hands. And when they talk about the same thing, their hands tend to move to the same places over and over and over again because they're accessing the information interoceptively and exteroceptively. The part of you that manages all that septive stuff is known as your proprioceptive neurology. If such a thing as a sixth sense did exist, it would be your proprioceptive nervous system. But it wouldn't be your sixth sense. It would be your sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh senses, because there's at least six different channels of data that your proprioceptive neurology monitors, one of which is electromagnetic fields. He's making me walk. Get your steps in, bitch. Oh. <laughs> you can just leave it on. We get feedback. Um, is that the same? Oops, sorry. Is that the same system <clears throat> that's active? Like when someone's sleeping, and then there's someone that shows up in the room. It's mm -hmm. There, people wake up. Like, mm -hmm. is that the same system? Now, how many of you fine? can be asleep and know when somebody comes home, even without hearing them? You can feel it in their house, right? Why? Because the same way feng shui works. You ever notice that houses that don't have people in them break down faster than houses with families in it? Yes? <laughs> houses that have nobody in it actually deteriorate faster than houses with people in it, even if they do nothing to fix or maintain the house. Why? Because there's an energy that human beings give off that has a negative entropic effect. In other words, you are consciousness. Consciousness is a force of moving from disorganization, from chaos to organization. When a family inhabits a house, their proprioceptive neurology expands to include the house. And now you have why feng shui works. Just saying, right? That's why, uh, you know, a lot, when you look at a lot of these different feng shui systems, a lot of the times the, peop the people who really understand this will tell you, pick objects that go in certain parts of the house that have a personal significance to you. They mean something to you. Resonance. Resonance. Okay? But I digress. If you want to learn more about that shit, come to Costa Rica. Right? This is all about influence, which is, everything is about influence, really, if you think about it. But this grid, this field, if you were a Chinese medical practitioner, you might hear it referred to as Wei Qi. Wei Qi means your defensive Qi. In a lot of the martial arts systems I practice, especially the Okinawan and Japanese and the Chinese systems, a lot of what we do was to build our energy so we could break through people's defensive Qi. That's the exhausting way to do it. I'll just blend with it and take it. But we'll talk about that later. But the point is, is that there's a field around us that is both a protective mechanism and a sensing mechanism and an information storage and retrieval processing mechanism. Now, you've all heard of the magic frame, obviously. Yes? Okay. So you all know that if there's a feeling that I have that I want to change, if I point to where I feel it, what do I do next? I reach out and touch it. Where am I reaching? I'm reaching into the field. Because all of your data is stored inside and outside. And because it's vibrational in nature, 
I can have an infinite amount of data in the same location. But what happens? We have to interpret it. Every thought, every feeling, every belief, every emotion, every daydream, every fantasy a human being will ever generate or can generate is built from the same stuff. It's built from the same system. So this is how we begin to do this. When we start working with cognitive state control, we want to access states that we've had experiences with. So the hack, the fast way to do it, is to remember a time when you felt a certain way. Step into that memory. Stand that way. Breathe that way. That's your foundation. But then point to where you feel it in your body. Reach out and touch the picture. If there were, and this is the question you ask, if there was a picture that represented this experience, this feeling, this state, floating in the space around me, a picture I could reach out and touch, where would I reach out to touch it? First impression. So just as a quick aside, a little quick deep dive into this, how many of you can feel good for no fucking reason? Uh, I can tell all my students. You've been watching my shit. All right. Let's play, shall we? We're going to play the frame game. We're going to do... Everybody stand up. Is it okay to feel good? Yes. All right. Here's what we're going to do. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to think back to the most fulfilling, thrilling, satisfying pleasure imaginable. Not that one. Teasing. I don't care. I'm not the pleasure police. I don't care. You're not going to tell anybody. I don't care who you were with, what you were doing, how many state lines you crossed, how many laws you broke. All I care about, really, is when you remember that amazing experience. When you see what you see and you hear what you hear and you smell and you taste what you smell and you taste, there's an awesome, wonderful, thrilling, fulfilling feeling that you get. A feeling of absolute pleasure. It could be anything. Could be a sexual experience. Could be the simple, uh, could be a birthday party. It could be getting married, your birth of your child. Could be the simple joy of biting into a freshly baked chocolate chip cookie. I don't care. But whatever it is for you, I want you to just see what you saw in that moment. Hear what you heard. Smell and taste what you smell and you taste. Notice that there's a place in your body where those wonderful feelings start where they grow and where they spread from. Take a moment. Point to where you feel it. That's right. Now, if there were a picture floating somewhere in the space around you that represents that amazing experience, a picture that you could reach out and touch, with your other hand, reach out and touch that picture. Let's make sure we know where it is. Trace the outline of that picture with both of your hands so you know how big it is. Let's make sure we got the right one. Grab a hold of that puppy. And just like you would expand the windows on your iPhone or your touchscreen home, make it as big as the room without slugging the person next to you. Notice what happens to the feelings in your body as you make it stronger, bigger, more powerful. Right? Some people, when they make it bigger, it gets stronger. Some people, when they make it bigger, the feeling actually diffuses. It doesn't matter which one you do. Just know which one you do. Put it back to its original size. Now, keep the size of the picture exactly the same. And now what I want you to do, while keeping the picture exactly the same size as it was originally, slowly pull it closer to your body. Notice what happens to the feeling. Does it get stronger or does it get weaker? 
Whatever you have experienced is perfectly okay. We're just calibrating. Now lift it up over your head. Pull it down around you like a big blanket. Notice what happens now. Does it get stronger? Does it get weaker? Does your perspective and experience of it change? And if so, how? Now, you can have this feeling back at whatever level you want in just a moment, but for the sake of our drill, I want you to unwrap that feeling, lift it back up over your head, and hold it there. Now, most of you know what a Frisbee is. I want you to imagine this thing that you're holding is now like a big old Frisbee. I want you to take that Frisbee, and I want you to throw it all the way behind you. Till it disappears behind the horizon completely. The minute it's gone, scan your body. Notice what changed. And when you're, when you're done with that, lift your hands back up. Now imagine your hands are the world's most powerful Frisbee magnets. Suck that Frisbee right back into your hands. And as you hold that feeling up there, as you hold that image up there, I'm going to tell you the most powerful, most important thing you're probably going to hear for a very long time. Inside your mind, body, and soul, you are the king or queen of your reality. You are the god or goddess of your universe. And you have every right, privilege, permission, and authority to make any change that you want for any reason that you want. And I want you to play with that power right now, that authority right now. I want you to take that image that you're holding. I want you to make it bigger. I want you to make it smaller. I want you to move it up. I want you to move it down. Move it in your body. Move it outside of your body. Notice how every time you change the size, the shape, the location of that frame, the feelings and the intensity and the quality of those feelings change too. And I want you to keep playing with it until you find... The exact size, shape, and location that gives you the exact feeling that you want to have at the exact intensity level that you want to have it. And when you know you've got it, you find that sweet spot, fix it into place. Notice how the feelings in your body shift and change. The energy flows from the picture to your body, from your body to your heart, from your heart to your bloodstream, from your bloodstream... Every place your blood flows, those feelings go into every nerve and every cell and every atom, into the very DNA of those cells, reprogramming, transforming, turning each and every cell of your body into a powerful, perpetual pleasure factory. Each cell of your body generating more and more and more of those amazing feelings in an infinite, ever-expanding and unlimited supply. There's no need to measure it, manage it, or make it happen faster. Just notice that process taking place. Allow it to install itself completely. When you know it's done, test it. Try to turn that good feeling off and notice what happens instead. And when you're convinced it's locked in, open your eyes, notice how good you feel. <sighs> hallelujah! 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 What'd you notice? What'd you learn? So you're like, My dog still means the world to me. Yeah, good. What'd you learn, Dan? The blood flow? Yeah, it was huge. Mm -hmm. the blood flow, before mm -hmm. you even said it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Now, have a seat. Give yourself a big round of applause. So we're going to, well, if you guys want to get a head start on this, you can, because I know you guys are going to hang out tonight. But we'll do this more officially tomorrow. Normally what I have you do when we practice this, this is a drill we call polarity drills. The first round is usually done solo.
You can think of them as emotional calisthenics. One of the things that you're going to discover as you start to explore your emotional range is that there are certain states you're going to do really, really well. And there are states that you think you should be doing really, really well, but don't seem to get as far as you're going, you want to go. They'll usually be the positive states, by the way. What you'll also notice is that, again, I'm just front-loading you with this. I know that you discover a lot of these things on your own, but for the sake of time and expedience, I'm just going to give it to you. One of the things you'll also notice is that when you uh, try to access negative states, you'll tend to go into them faster, but you'll also hold yourself back because you're going into them so deep, you're afraid you won't come back out. We're going to eliminate that once and for all. There is no state that you can generate that you can't pull yourself out of. But the belief that a state can overwhelm us and that as a byproduct of that, we will die is kind of inherent within us. So how do we do this? We pick a set of polar states. Could be anger versus indifference. Could be joy versus sadness. Doesn't matter. You, you, you zero out your emotional state. You minimize your physiology. Notice I'm sitting. How many times have we done a drill where we were sitting? None, right? Why are we sitting? Minimize physiological engagement. It's still almost impossible to completely minimize it because you have a body and you live in it, right? What you do is you pick a set of emotional states. You start from a completely neutral position. So Hakalau might be good to use here, wouldn't it? As an act of will, you go as far into the positive polarity as you can. You allow yourself to just immerse and be absorbed in the emotion. Now, if you're doing anger, you keep your hands to yourself. You stay rooted in the chair, right? You go as far into that state as you can or that you're willing to. Two different things. When you, thought, when you believe you've gone as far as you can go, will yourself back to neutral. Break the state, hit hakalau, get up, do a jig, whatever you want to do. Anything that breaks the physiology will break the state. Think about what you had for breakfast yesterday. They'll all, they'll all create a little buffer for you. And then as an act of will, an act of intention, go as far into the negative state as you can. Immerse yourself, become absorbed in the state. When you've gone as far as you're willing to or as you think you can, intentionally bring yourself back to zero. Break the state, create a buffer, done. Now, what's going to happen is you will find out, like I said, there will be some states that you feel like you could go more, but it's almost like having the foot on the brake and the gas at the same time. It's like you're spinning your wheels. It's because you're trying to will yourself beyond you're trying to will yourself into what you expect versus what you can actually do. So the secret is to stop trying to go further. Settle into that level, become more fully absorbed, and the deepening will happen on its own. That's an advanced level because most people don't, you know, that's something you kind of evolve to, right? I'm trying to give you as much as I can. Like I said, I promise I take you as far as I can in the time that we have. Go as far into the positive state as you can. Bring yourself back to zero, zero it out, neutralize it. Go into the negative state as far as you can. Bring yourself back, zero it out, neutralize it. Okay. Now, you can do this with a partner. And the way that works is all your partner is going to do is a process we call gross physiology, not to be confused with gross anatomy. 
It's a different class. Gross physiology means we approximate the physical postural configuration of the person. So if I'm sitting in a chair like this and say Mandar is going to do the drill with me, he's going to sit right next to me and he's going to sit basically like me. And he's just going to pay attention as I go through my drill. He's just going to pay attention to how his, his body changes as a byproduct of what I'm doing. He's not trying to make anything happen. He's not trying to sense what I'm, what emotions I'm going to know, even if he does, if he, whether he does know or doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's about noticing how being in proximity to somebody within the proprioceptive grid causes information to pass through that membrane and be reflected in the other person. You're going to learn how to leverage that intentionally. We're doing it as an aside, but as part of your first experience into what we call bridging drills, tapping into a person's proprioceptive neurology and ultimately the other levels of their neurology through your own. To do that, we got to get in our body. One of the fastest ways to do that is through physiological state control and these polarity drills. Now, the hard way to do it is remember a time when you felt a certain way and remember the experience. But let me ask you a question. What happened when you took the picture and made it bigger? Intensified it. it intensified it. How many noticed it intensified? How many got the inverse effect? Maybe when they made it bigger, it got weaker. That's fine. Doesn't matter which one, you either, you're either what we call an expander or a concentrator. Some people, when you make the picture bigger, it diffuses the experience. Whereas if they make it smaller, it concentrates it and makes it more intense, right? I think, the way I see now, roughly about 75% of the population on any given group is about our expanders, right? You make the picture bigger, the feeling gets more intense. The other 25%, they have to go the other way. It doesn't matter which one you are, as long as you know which one you are, so you can use your coding system appropriately, right? What did you notice? When you took the picture and pulled it closer to your body, it got stronger. The vast majority of people, whether you're a concentrator or an expander, will feel an intensification when you move the, the external image closer to the body. And the reason for that is, is you're moving from a dissociated or disidentified perspective to an embodied perspective. I mean, that just like when you took that picture and you wrapped it around you, what happened to your perspective on the experience? You are in it now, right? That's how all of your experiences work. What happened when you put the image behind you? Disappeared. Disappeared? How many noticed that it either went away completely or diminished significantly? Yeah. Why? Because you've no longer embodied it, and and, and the the boundary of the the boundary of the body is the first Rubicon. The second is the spinal cord or your Taiji pole. Anything that passes through the prism of the human body goes from, from future to present to past. So anything that passes beyond the spine, your nervous system automatically calibrates and codifies as overdone and complete. Remember I said I, I was making that joke, I had this thing and I just can't get past it. Right? If I, got, I just need to put this behind me. If I could just figure out what it was, I could get around it. Well, think about something for a minute. How many times have you heard people say, I need to get over something? Well, let me ask you a question. If I get over something, 
does it end up? Oh, if I put something behind me, where does it end up? Oh, if I get past something, where does it end up? Hmm. Remember, law of analogy tells us that the same principles are repeating at different levels of human experience. What your brain does literally, it does subjectively. It does metaphorically. The same parts of your brain that monitor and control and regulate physical pain also monitor and regulate emotional pain. Don't believe me? Go to PubMed. Type in acetaminophen and social rejection. They took a, the, a group of scientists wanted to measure the power of the rejection on people. And so they rigged this computer game that would systematically exclude a player, make them feel like they were being intentionally left out. And they monitored the levels of subjective pain and compared it to physical pain. They found out the same parts of the brain that create physical pain are also creating the emotional pain. To the point of, if you're feeling rejected, take an aspirin. Or Tylenol. Or Tylenol, because that's what they used for the Tessa was acetaminophen. They found that the pain of rejection could be removed or diminished by taking Tylenol. How does that work with other types of pain? I haven't found any difference. Because, and this is again from Russian, my Russian martial arts. As far as this, the, the, the systemic systems are concerned, there's no diff. First of all, the, the Russians always looked at fear as an energy that accumulates in the body. And so many of their practices, many of their breathing techniques were designed to teach you how to systematically find and remove the fear locked in your body. But they also went a step further. They said tension, stress are also energies locked in the body. They're the same energy. They can be removed the same way. Is that like, yeah. <laughs> You're going to get your steps in. We'll do some of that tomorrow, by the way. I'm going to put you in pain. I'll bring my Tylenol. All right. You won't need it. I hope not. So like with my knees, uh -huh. for instance, um, the pain comes and goes. Mm -hmm. Today it's pretty intense because I've been moving around mm -hmm. a lot. So how does that equate to what you just said? I'm feeling great except for pain in my knees. Yeah, you remember the video, Instant Emergency Pain Relief? No. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, spinning. Not just spinning. There was something else I taught first, remember? I don't remember. Ah, go watch the video. Get ready uh -oh. for tomorrow. Okay. There's a process that the, 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 the systemic practitioners call burst breathing. Remember, if you want to do effective breath work, you must link your consciousness with your breath, move your consciousness to that area, and breathe from that area if you want to affect the area. So you'll see in that video, I recommend you go watch it tonight. It's actually a good primer uh, for tomorrow. You'll see me twist people's arms or fingers, put them in joint locks, stuff like that. And then I have them move their mind to the area, put their consciousness in it, and breathe the energy out and spit it out. And you'll literally see the range of motion being restored. The pain goes away. Why? Because you're removing it. 
And I've, we've adapted this to, you know, we, we taught this, I think, um, was it one of the face reading? I think it was the very first face reading class we taught in uh, um, HypnoThoughts back in, I think it was 2017. We called it the secrets of face reading in Chinese medical hypnotherapy. And one of the things we taught you how to do was find the sadness, find the anger, find the, the rage or the, the grief, move your consciousness to it, grab it with your breath and spit it out. And people could. Because it's all just, it's just all, it's just all the same stuff. It works really well. It does. And that technique was taught for people who are in a profession where stopping was not an option. If you're a special forces soldier and you get injured, you twist an ankle or you get shot, quitting isn't an option. Quitting is death. You have to recover. You have to function. You have to keep going. That's what burst breathing is about. And you'd be amazed what you can do with it. Simple technique. It's, it's, it's worth its weight in gold. Right? That's actually one of the things you will be learning tomorrow. Tomorrow night. Okay? And again, one of the things that, is that, one, that we want to remember is fear is always the enemy in our world. The moment we realize we, we can conquer fear, there's nothing we can't do. And fear is easy because you created it. Whatever your neurology creates, your neurology can change. You just got to have a technique and the willingness to practice. Okay? So for those of you who are, have never seen that video, go to your the YouTube channel, type in Instant Emergency Pain Relief. Watch it several times. Right? Um, Thank you for listening to the Unlimited Influence Reprogram Your Subconscious Mind with Dr. David Snyder. Stay updated by visiting at www.davidsnydernlp.com and follow social media accounts. If you want to reprogram your subconscious mind, don't hesitate to call me at 858-282-4663 and we can talk more about what your mind has to offer.